Hey punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 50, an all-star edition. I'm in footy royalty heaven today. The great Shane Crawford here as per usual. Welcome Crawf. Hey Quinn. And a first-timer on the show, a long-time listener, first-time caller from all reports, a very warm welcome to Natalie Yanides. Nat, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Nick. How much have you been practising the pronunciation there? <laughs> Out of 10, what do I get? Ooh, I reckon I'm going to give you a 9. Just I reckon you've got a little bit of room for growth. Okay, can you give us a 10 out of 10 rendition? You need his. Okay. You need his. Okay, very yeah. simple. Easy for you to say, Croft. <laughs> How did you say it? No. <laughs> I dare say you've copped a couple of different variances of your surname along the way. There's been a couple of different ones, particularly coming through school, of course, <laughs> but um, you get used to it and you... It's all a little bit of fun, isn't it? You would have been a nightmare for substitute teachers. <laughs> and one man that was always a nightmare for teachers, Shane Crawford. And Absolutely. hasn't he upset the apple cart in the footy media world the last week? And if you've missed all the fun, this is why. Well, firstly, let's have a listen to what, uh, what Shane Crawford said this week <laughs> online. Do you know Hutchie? This is true. Uh, Craig Hutchison <laughs> went at Channel 9 there for a while. Remember, he's trying to grow his hair and he went with some type of a rug, but he used to have, like, hair in a can and used to spray <laughs> just before he went on and just touch up any little <laughs> shiny patches. And it was, yeah, he used to sit there. And I used to think, oh, at Channel 9 wardrobe, is that for Bert Newton? Because he used to have like this hairpiece that he'd whack on. But uh, no, it was Hutchie's little uh, hair in a can. Replace your divot sort of thing. We, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you had hair in a can that you used to spray on. Are you fair, Dickie? <laughs> and you've been... You've been... As soon as I saw that go up, I thought oh, it's going to be a long Saturday morning. I got it on uh, <laughs> Facebooked at me last night in the middle well, of the no, night. I think in the spirit of... of mature conversations, I'll address, address the... Yeah, well, what happened? Tell us what Thanks. happened for our new audience. Well, as all uh, men would know when you go bald, there's a period of time where you... Try to hang oh, on. I think it goes, you know, fear, anxiety, denial, pretend it's not happening, it fight against on. it, is there a way through this, <laughs> the disguiser, and then the concession. You're using the special shampoo. <laughs> I never got that far. But what I did come across was this spray. It was like a, it looked, made your hair look thicker. How long did you give it good for? Good three to six months. Yeah. I've, I've been named by Croft. Yeah, you have. I've got two options here. I can hit back at Croft and really have a go and say it's out of line, Croft, or I can own it but pass on where I got it from. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. Who'd you get it off? So if we're going to do six degrees of hair here. Yep, let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's out some hair sprayers. From memory. Yep. And from memory only. Yep. And I never put the allegation to him. Yep. But the makeup team at nine told me that I should give it a go because it had worked really well in their other job at Fox on Jason Dunstall for a period of time. You're putting in... So I'm, I'm taking Croft's... Oh, Bung. Bung's going in. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Croft's... So you're... It's, it's and I'm the, suggesting that the, uh, that the, the uh, makeup team... You're paying it, it worked, forward. It worked well for a period of time. Wow. For Jason. So Dan still passes a can, the spray here in a can onto you. Yep, I'm saying that they suggested it worked on him, so they should try it on me. That was Liam Pickering and Craig Hutchinson Saturday morning on Off the Bench. I will credit them. Unfortunately, they forgot to credit Tabs Inside 50 for the audio. They must not have had time to have got that out with the 4,000 commercials they had during the hour that sometimes does interrupt <laughs> the commercials when they start talking program. But what we did take from that was that Jason Piggy Dunstall, the man that started the hair in the can, well, can you confirm or deny? No, no comment with Jason. Uh, absolutely no comment. He's a very big and strong man. <laughs> I've only seen Hutchie, and I've witnessed him do that at times, thinking 
here I'm looking for a bit of hair gel, maybe to stick my <laughs> hair up, and here he was. I thought he, I thought he was going to spray his underarms, you know, or whatever, but uh, no, he was spraying the hair, and it was looking thicker, and before you knew it, he's walking out with a, a brand new hairpiece. <laughs> you think it's like it just grew right in front of you, so it was pretty incredible, but uh, it's good that he owned it. Yes. I'm glad that he... Uh, he doesn't make us look like a fool, like we're making things up. So he backed it in, and he's very game passing it on to Jason Dunstall. <laughs> he's very game. Hopefully he doesn't run into him. I'll tell you another quick story about Craig Hutchison, which is true while we're at it, because I was just thinking about, hang on, you don't want to be chased by Jason Dunstall, and I can see Jason going after Hutchie at a social event. But that actually happened the night um, we had the Brownlow medal in Sydney, and I was lucky enough to win it. Um the umpires were very good to me that year. So normally you have a party back at the casino when you have it in Melbourne and the AFL put it on and you bring all your teammates in and, and there's only so many that get uh, invited from uh, your club. So what actually happens, all the ones that aren't invited, they end up turning up and you have a great celebration. But obviously Sydney was very different. So there's only like five or six Hawthorne players. And uh, so I just opened it up. I said, Whoever wants to come, come. So we had players from all different clubs. We had lots of journalists, lots of media in there. And we just had it turned on for us back at the hotel for, from the AFL. Thank you very much. But Hutchie was in there. And one part of the night, and I love Hutchie. Um, I think he's great. But one part of the night I saw Fish, Paul Salmon, you know, six foot 500, chasing Craig Hutchison, who was a, a journalist at the time working for one of the papers and – you know, he's obviously written a story about Paul Salmon that he wasn't happy with. Chasing him around the room and Paul Salmon was trying to get him. He was going to punch his head in. And I've watched him run through all these AFL players and coaches and all sorts through so much so that we raced out into the foyer of the hotel to watch if Fish got a hold of him. But Hutchie really used his pace and got away. But um, that just brought back memories about, um, you know, what Jason Dulston might do to Hutchie giving him out there is uh, chasing him around. So that was that was a highlight for me on Brownlow Metal Night, an absolute highlight to see Fish chasing Craig Hutchison, which, um, yeah, I was, I've really feared for his safety on that night. And Paul Salmon, a very hard man to upset. I'd love to know what he said about him or wrote about him, but anyway, it stirred him up because it's very hard to get the fish stirred up. Like Paul Salmon was one, and Paul Salmon was a great ruckman, used to start in the middle of the ground and we'd be halfway through the match and we'd be going okay and we'd – there might be myself and Daniel Harford, Paul Salmon, um, just coming in to work out where we're going to hit it to, 9 o'clock, you know, and he'd go, oh, no, let's make it 9.30. But he'd, he'd always say, hey, uh, how am I looking? I'm looking pretty good, aren't I? Like I said, he'd always – so you're trying to have this serious game and you're playing arch rivals Collingwood and Fish would always come up with something very different at a centre bounce, just trying to break the ice and make us all relax and have fun and, and then we'd go about it. And do you know what? Most of the time it worked. He was an absolute star. Nat, what did you take of that story, the vanity involved from Hutchie? Oh, it's oh. disgraceful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it's television, isn't it? I was going to ask you, does anyone, did anyone get into the, the fake tan back then at Channel 9 those days? Back then? Surely it's happening all the time these days. Well, that's um, why I'm asking. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So I think then? these days there's, there's so many tricks to the trade and I think Nick Quinn would be well adverse to take us through all of that because, you know, he's – he runs a rinse through and he's always looking very tan and very sharp. And uh, so, so what are some of the tricks that you use these days? <laughs> not sure about the tan. I don't think you look at me and think I look overly tan. It's sort of Mark Stevens territory no, with the sunbed. You look fresh and bright. You know, it's hard to look that good, especially in COVID time. 
Yeah, the cut and colour does help. That's my go-to to try and keep myself looking youthful. You but know what, Quinny? You're never going to need a rug on that on that noggin of yours, I don't think. <laughs> I reckon you've got enough there, hair there for days. Might be able to sell some to Hutchie. People would be very jealous of hair like He that. sells everything off. I might be able to sell some hair to him. That might be my next <laughs> business venture. But, Nat, surely you've witnessed some humorous things when it comes to the television wardrobe along the way. Well, don't give away those secrets. I haven't got any diva stories. <laughs> I mean, the, the hair in a spray can is pretty common still, let's face it, and there's a little bit of tan going about. One of my favourite stories involves um, a former colleague of mine at Fox Sports News, Julian DeStoop, who Jules. used to... Jules, the great yep. Julian DeStoop, the uh, spiritual leader of the Fox Sports News room. <laughs> uh, he used to wear this green shirt. He had this green shirt, and we used to give him a little bit of stick for it. It was a mint colour. Um, and then one day he just got a message from the boss just come through and just saying, oh, can you not wear that again? It makes you look a little bit jaundice. Jaundice? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so and I think it made it into the whisper as well. It yeah, made it yep. into the Herald Sun. So uh, Scotty Gallagher got his hands on it and yep. wrote it in the paper. Yep, that one went straight into the whisper. So that was uh, gave us plenty of entertainment for a couple of days. <laughs> How'd he take that, Jules? He took it very well as always. <laughs> it's good for the banter, isn't it? <laughs> well, you, you get in the makeup chair, and sometimes they can pile it on. Like I, I hate having too much makeup. I understand from the shine and and I get all that, but when they pile the makeup on. Do you know the first thing I do? I go into the toilet and I wipe it all off. I do because I, I just sometimes, for some reason, they just feel like they just need to keep banging it on. Not all of them, but uh, there's some out there who just don't hold back and plaster it on. <laughs> and some, some of us needed plastering. <laughs> I've heard of blokes going out with the makeup on after they've gone on air. Oh, that, that would be a out. given, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've done it, but I think it's a little bit different. Um, you get your pr- makeup professionally done and then you just hit the town for the night. Obviously, not at the moment in COVID times, but um, before that all happened. Well, there you go, Quinny, hey? You're looking guilty, Croft. Is that just double on, on one on. of your I, secrets? Wait, so you reckon I'm going into Channel 9 <laughs> and say, hey, do my makeup, pile it on thick the way I like it, and I'm going to go and hit the nightclubs and feel good about myself. Do you think that I'm doing that, yeah? Oh, what do you think, Matt? No, but I reckon Billy Brownless is certainly in that, in that hitting zone. You know, he's like, do you know what? I might hit the botanical, <laughs> see how I go. Um, so, yeah, I reckon I'm with you there. There's definitely a few who won't take it off and even sleep with it overnight. So when the footy show used to be on, I reckon Billy's definitely in that mould. He would have slept with it overnight and then got up the next day and had a, a big Friday hitting and working and looking Looking his very best. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely superb. Who would have thought this would turn into a show about makeup? Let's try know. and bring footy into the conversation Thank somehow. Goodness for that. <laughs> Nat, it's your first appearance on this soon to be award winning podcast. Tell us about how you got into loving the game. Oh, how did I get into loving the game? Uh, would have been in the early 2000s. So I was at primary school at the time. And of course, I'm an Essendon fan. So that was a pretty big uh, moment for us. So why Essendon? Uh, I didn't really have a choice. So mum was a massive Essendon fan. Her whole family sort of come from that area of Melbourne. So we didn't really have a choice. And dad was a Collingwood supporter growing up. And That's rivalry right there. Yeah, an incredible rivalry between those two teams. And um, the 1990 grand final was a pretty important time in our household. I'd just been born. I was about two months old at the time. And uh, Dad was, I think it's fair to say, giving Mum a bit of stick after the 1990 grand final, to which Mum turned around and said, well, you either change or we get divorced. Dad has been an Essendon member for over 20 years oh, now. He wow. changed because he was told by your mother. That is, that's, that's, yep. 
That's someone under the thumb right there. Alan rules with an iron fist. (laughs) I was about to ask where he lived after they got divorced. (laughs) Well, only a couple of years later, the uh, 1993, was it the Bombers one? Yes. The Baby Bombers. So uh, there you go. Had a premiership in 90 and then a few years later backs it up, swapping over to Essendon. So it works out quite nicely. Pretty dry since. One in between though. Would you ever do that, Quinny? Absolutely not. If you were told, listen, I love you, Nick, but uh, you need to start barracking for my team. No, I'd never hear the first part or the second part. <laughs> <laughs> who were some of your favourite players growing up? Nat, who was on the wall with the poster? Uh, I was a huge James Hurd fan growing up. I had posters of James Hurd. I actually had posters of Shane Crawford as oh. well. Get out of here. I had a... That's not true. This is, this is, no, a, this is a stitch this up. This is You're a huge fangirl right moment for me. You're stitching me up right I had now. A huge, I was a huge fan no, of No, don't. I know you two have set me up right now. Look at Quinny. Shane, He's got a smirk on his Shane, face. Shane, I had your documentary. No. Oh, no. It's, it's getting worse. I had your worse. DVD. No way. Yeah. 13, One of only five people. 13-year-old Natalie is dying inside right now. The, the, yeah, I oh, know. It's all changed now. It's... <laughs> Was it the frosted tips that he was it sporting was. at the time? The, the ninety-nine. The Caribbean frosted. Gold I used to run with. <laughs> yep. I had. I started with uh, Auburn Sunset, and then the more money that I earned, I could actually afford a proper hairdresser, who was Gwen Crimmins, who is the uh, wife of Peter Crimmins, one of the Hawthorne's all-time greats. And I went to school with the the Crimmins boys, Ben and Sam, great boys. And um, so, yeah, Gwen lived just around the corner from Glenfrey Oval. So I used to go over there and she used to do a proper job. It's the first, because I used to, I don't know if people, <laughs> when you're growing up, there used to be a thing called sun in. So you, it was sort of like a lemon juice. You'd spray it in your hair and the sun would shine in and it would make your hair a bit lighter. And I always wanted to go a bit blonder, but I used to go a bit orange. <laughs> so as a young kid with no money, I, I could only ever get sun in because it was pretty cheap. And um, in the country, that's all we could sort of get by with if I didn't have lemons. <laughs> So then I actually started uh, yeah, paying for a decent haircut, which Gwen was fantastic. And Nat, now, now I've given up. Nat, how do you feel about the <laughs> fact that out of the, everyone in this podcast, you're the one that spends the third amount of money on your hair? No, I'm retired. It's, I've retired. Actually, it's I've retired. actually probably true at the moment, to be perfectly honest. This is one of the first times I've left the house in about four months, so this is pretty exciting for me. Got some makeup on, got the hair done. Thank goodness we've got the footy to keep us keen. And we might actually talk about some footy at some stage. Please do. Because a big game Friday night, the finals bound Blues potentially mm. up against the rabble of the team of the competition, Hawthorne. Yeah, I'm off. I'm off the Hawks, unfortunately. I thought last week uh, against the Swans, that was their worst loss for the year, even though they had a chance to win, just because Sydney was so undermanned. So uh, that was, for me, probably one of the most disappointing losses I've watched from a Hawks supporter point of view over the last few years. And it was a great effort by the Swans. Swans took the game on. They played a brave style of footy. They tried to switch direction. And um, and unfortunately for the Hawks at the moment, they're allergic to going to the boundary line and, and playing a bit slow. But, yeah, it'll be interesting if there's some changes. Even if the changes aren't named, wouldn't surprise me on that emergency list. They sneak a few in. Um, that's that's the way they do it. I think the Blues can win. I think they might try and run them off the feet. Andrew Russell, we know that we've spoken about him quite a bit on this show. Um, he's in charge of Carlton. He's in charge of Hawthorne for 14 years or so. So he knows these players back to front. He knows who has got big engines, who doesn't. So he'll be very much a part of match committee this week. And the Blues will go with a real fast type of running style game and probably a lot of small forwards to, to uh, yeah, get in and under the Hawthorne defenders. So I'm, I'm thinking Carlton can win. They're in pretty good form. 
and uh, look for Paddy Cripps. I don't think Hawthorne will tag him. I think they'll try and back their midfielders to, to get a bit of the ball. So look for him to get plenty of the footy. There's a big moment, Nat. I've worked with Craw for three years, and this is the mm. first time he's ever tipped against Hawthorne. Wow. Oh, hang on. That's not true. That's not true. Do you Sorry, know just under three years. At the start of the year, they were three and one, okay? So they're up near the top of the ladder. So you stick with him for a little while, but now I've just started to concede. Do you know what? Maybe maybe it's time to just change a few little pieces of the puzzle. So, yeah, I think the Blues are on the right way, so I'm, I'm tipping the Blues. Do some of those pieces of the puzzle involve some of the veteran players who might not be part of this potential rebuild? Yeah, and it's hard because they've been such amazing players for such a long time and it's always – and you don't want to be disrespectful, but you also got to look towards the future and, and work out, okay, where does that go? They'll still be a part of the team towards the end of the year – um, and I'm sure that they'll, um, you know, give him all the respect that they deserve. But at some stage, and a lot of people go, oh, Alistair Clarkson's very loyal. And of course he's going to be loyal to guys who've been part of, you know, premiership success for a long time. But he's not that loyal too. He knows that he's got to find another way to get them clicking along again. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week that there might be a change or two. But I'm expecting that to happen definitely over the next few weeks. Croft put away the board games. The AFL is back. And so is the tab same game multi where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1800 858 858. And we've got a doubleheader Friday night, and the other big game involves your team, Nat. Your Bombers up Ooh. against Brisbane. Now, there's been a bit of a knock on Essendon, but they're a game off top spot with a game in hand. They win this. They are the real deal in terms of making the finals. Well, on, on paper, they would certainly be the real deal. Unfortunately, they've got so many injuries at the moment. They've got another couple. Uh, Laverde's now on the injury list. Fantasia, he missed on the weekend, but he's going to miss about three or four weeks. And then... Uh, we've got another suspension, get Dylan Shield back, which is nice. But at the end of the day, those injuries are going to start hurting and they've got a really tough month coming up, of course. And then the short games, the short turnaround between games is certainly uh, going to affect Essendon, I think, as well. So the the thing that concerns me about Essendon and being a potential top four contender is that forward line. It's just very chaotic. There's no real structure to the way they're delivering the ball in once, particularly against Adelaide, once it got to ground, it was okay. The small forwards come in. You've got the likes of um, McDonald, Tip and Woody. They're ready to pounce, but they're just missing that tall forward at the moment. And it just, it doesn't feel structured to me. It's a lot of chaos ball. And um, I think that might be their downfall. I don't like their chances against Brisbane. I think that because Brisbane survived that um, that scare against Melbourne, I think that that's certainly going to hold them in good stead heading into this weekend. But then again, who knows? It's 2020, so anything can happen. And Essendon could really pull one out of the hat. But I think that they're – yeah, I think the forward line is the issue for them at the moment. The, the chaos ball's not a bad way to go these days because I think – so many teams are trying to play that perfect style of footy, which footy's not played like that these days. It's like, um, you know, you've got to make mistakes and there's pressure coming from all parts. So you just got to kick the ball to advantage. So maybe it's a tactic of Essendon. Let's just get it in, bring it down, and you do have those really nippy forwards doing some damage. They've done a great job. They just keep winning, and that's what good sides do. They've been under man. They've had lots of key players out. They get a superstar back, Dylan Shield, this week. So... Um, and Brisbane give you a chance. 
Uh, we've spoken about it a few times on this show, but they really, they really play this slingshot style of footy, and um, it, they do give you a chance. So I, I think it'll be a pretty good game. Um, Brisbane do have a few key backs out, um, which I think might they really set up a lot of play, and they really rely on, you know, um, like Daniel Rich is out, and there's a few others. So. So I, I give them a bit of a chance, but um, I just think they're on ball brigade at the moment. It's pretty good, you know, uh, obviously McCluggage and Lockie Neal. Wouldn't surprise me if Essendon are in this match. Lockie Neal, a clear leader in the Brownlow as we speak, do we feel? I think so, yeah. He's been the most consistent, but I think my man Petrarca, the number one footballer in the land, I reckon I reckon he'll be getting, getting plenty of votes. I reckon he would have got a vote or two on the weekend as well. Yeah, but Neil um, might have got three of them. Sorry? Neil might have got three of them. Maybe. Maybe. But, um, yeah, I, I reckon I reckon it'll be pretty close because Brisbane had some pretty good on-ballers as well. So you just – when your team's doing so well – and Lockie does a lot of the, the sort of mopping up and, and gets in and under and flicks it out. Doesn't kick the ball, likes handballing a lot. So you just wonder whether or not the umpires are, are going to give him the three or the two. He'll definitely get lots of votes. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Dylan Clark come in back, back in for Essendon, maybe play a tagging role on Lockie Neal as well. We haven't seen much of him this season. So that could be a, a strategy for the Bombers if that's something that they wanted to go down because he is so damaging. Every time he gets the ball, it's just it's magic. Uh, he's a class above a lot of the midfielders in the competition. So I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon maybe considered that as an option and try and shut out Lockie Neal, which we saw the Adelaide Crows do effectively for a half, and then they stopped tagging him, and he got leather poisoning in the second half as well. Yeah, yeah so. but the, the, the problem is they tagged him in the first half, and what was the score? They yeah. were down by 40 points. So you have to release the tag, because you've got to go, hang on, we need to win some footy. And they did in that third quarter. So it's I, I totally, I'm all for the best players. You've got to play some negative football on them, especially early in the game, and just find a way to not give them so much confidence. But it's a real sort of flip of the coin these days, the way the coaches want to go about it and that team defence and attack. Let's play a guessing game. After eight rounds of the season, oh. how many different teams have been premiership favourites? Uh, Higher or lower? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe six because what we've gone Port Adelaide, Brisbane, probably the Giants at one point, Richmond, Collingwood. I reckon it's higher. Oh, Ooh, I reckon over six. So you're going six? Yeah. And you're going go, four? I'm going to go five. <laughs> you've already gone four, which would then let me say you've averaged out an average number of five, which is correct. There's been five different see, teams' see, premiership favourites. Nat just helps. rattled them all yeah. off. <laughs> and it's now West Coast flag ah, fancies West following Coast. that dominant victory over Collingwood last weekend, and they're up against Geelong here. It's a big game. We know the Cats are undermanned, but they, like Essendon, have been finding a way to win without a few key soldiers. A team like West Coast have a really good win. They go to favourites. Yep. So I think we're jumping around way too much. Um, I think you've got to go the most consistent side. You could not have West Coast favourites after the after the first five rounds. You, you couldn't even have them in the top eight, but it's amazing how the form fluctuates. You sleep in your own bed, you play on your your own ground that you know so well. Um, it's a big advantage. Geelong, I've got a feeling the next, because we've got 33 games in 20 days, I've got a feeling that we're going to see some really ugly football <laughs> because w- what's going to happen after this very first week, <laughs> fatigue's going to come in. You're going to have players playing games that they haven't played a lot of footy before. You're going to see a lot of saturation in defences of team defence all pushing back, clogging up space, 
Um, you're going to see chipping the ball around, not running so much at times, just taking time off the clock. I'm really concerned. I reckon Chris Scott's one of the best at really understanding the game situation. And they are a bit under man. So if West Coast kick away this week, look for uh, Geelong just to push numbers back, just to play a bit of keepings off. And I don't know if it'll be that flowing football that you really want. I think West Coast will win. I think they're just in that real good hitting zone at the moment. Shuey come back in, so important for them. Uh, so I think they can win. And uh, I think Geelong will just be ticking the box this week. So you've got trepidations over the Eagles from a premiership perspective. Who should be flag favourite? Well, I still need to see more from West Coast. I need to see more consistent form. I think Brisbane deserve to be, but I'm still a bit worried uh, with the way that they attack at times um, because I think they give you a chance. But it's a good style of football to watch because it's like these midfielders are kicking a lot of goals and you need your midfielders kicking goals. So I would have Brisbane as favourites at the moment. I, I did like Collingwood for a long time. There's a couple of key outs and it'll be interesting to see how they manage for the next month. There's a case to be made for and against just about every team in the top 11 at the moment. And the Hawks, if don't you forget to the Don't, no, don't. The line through them, yes, the Mickey. If enough. you had to see them, Nat, who would be your top two in terms of premiership betting? Come on, Nat. I, don't sit on the fence. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I also like Brisbane purely from a, uh, an entertainment perspective as well. I just think that they're so fun to watch at the moment. And I'm going to say... Probably the Eagles. They seemed a little bit disinterested in that first half of the season or the first few games of the season when they were up in Queensland. That was sort of my read on it. Very much Adam Simpson almost making excuses for them, saying, well, we're not going to be here longer than whatever it was, five weeks, and all of a sudden they've gone home and you know they're back in their comfort zone and it, they just seem to have mentally switched on. So they're going to play a lot of footy in Perth. We know that that's probably going to happen. That's going to be a huge advantage. And who knows, maybe there'll even be a grand final at, at Optus Stadium. There's, there's every chance that that could potentially happen as well. So uh, I think that those two, I think we're probably going to see an interstate premier this year. Croft put away the board games. The AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1800 858 858. Are we off Port Adelaide on the back of one defeat or can they bounce back this no, week? No, and, are they still off. there when the whips are you cracking? You can't jump off any team after one defeat. We all have bad days. So, um, no, definitely not. No, no, no. They're, they're still very much in the picture. I, I just have Brisbane ahead. Uh, I think you just, yeah, let's see how we get through the next next 20 days. Now, going into <laughs> round eight, no team was under more pressure than GWS. They bounced back with a workmanlike performance against Richmond where they got the four points, mainly thanks to Toby Green. He was absolutely superb. They're up against Gold Coast this week, a game that most people are just ticking off for the Giants, but not you, Nat. No, I really like the Suns for this one. I think that they're a really good chance of, of coming away with a win. I mean, there's going to be plenty of motivation for them. They've just been taking every game like a challenge. This It's a young team, and I think that 2020 is the perfect uh, situation for a young side to really come together where you're stuck in a hub and you can really get around each other. And they've just got some amazing young talent. Obviously, we've seen what Isaac Rankin can do. Jack Lacocious probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. I think he's, he's probably... one of the best kicks in the land. 
he probably flies under the radar a little bit just because we've spoken about Rankin. We've spoken about, obviously, poor Matt Rowell, who we're not going to see again this season. So Lukosius probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. So there's heaps of exciting young talent there. And let's face it, Toby Green's probably not going to kick five goals Again this week, what I would really like to see if Zach Williams comes back into the team, him going to Isaac Rankin, I think would be a really fun matchup. Obviously, they'd probably lose a bit of runoff halfback if that was the case, but I think that that would be something that would be a lot of fun to watch. So don't underestimate the Suns. I think that they might have just enough motivation to to get over the top of the Giants this week. Especially at home, I think they'll get first advantage in the middle with Wits. I think Wits... Has to be considered as an All-Australian at the moment. I know you've got Gorn and you've got Grundy. Yes, you chuck them in, but I think it's time you have a few Ruckman because I think if you look at the consistency of some of our Ruckman this year, they all deserve to be in the All-Australian team. Don't pick the team to be the team. Pick the players the that players. deserve. Yeah, so it's a bit of a different year. And, I, and he's he's been sensational. He's, he's been incredible with his Ruck work uh, and his hit-out work. So that's an advantage. The thing about GWS, they they still got a lot of players down, but they still they're finding a way to win, which is quite scary. If they can somehow find a way to start clicking, they're they're your real smoky. But for a long, long time, we've uh, we've said that for years and years and years. They do struggle with their ruckman, um, and they've had they've had issues through there. So that's definitely an area that's they're a bit susceptible. But apart from that, if they can find a way to gel. Could be pretty scary. Um, I think they'll win, but I, I do agree. I think Gold Coast at home, they're, you know, they just the run and gun style of footy. It's great to watch. Dewey Jew deserves a lot of credit because um, he plays, uh, he's got them structuring up really well. They've got great youngsters. I was speaking to one of their coaches only last week, and he was saying that with all his work in football, and he's been around football for a while, and he's played at the top level. Um, he's saying the young talent is just out of this world and he was a part of some very good teams. I don't want to give him away because it'll seem like I'm doing a bit of snooping, but just he was so glowing and this guy's normally pretty straight bat. So I'm like, wow, okay, things could – maybe not this year, but the next two years we could see Gold Coast winning a premiership. Like we really could, whereas the start of this year you would be crazy. You'd be thinking it's not possible, especially teams on the Gold Coast haven't had much success from any sporting point of view. So that's exciting for AFL. Like, it'd be amazing if the Gold Coast could snag a premiership in the next few years. He lived with you for a while. Did you ever think he'd go on to be a really good head coach? Did you? No, he lived with me for three months when he first came back from America and uh, the controversial signing, the Clarko overruled uh, the recruiters. But it was a masterstroke now when you look at it, what he did in a grand final and, and what he brought to the club. But... He, he always – I can even remember playing against him um, at Port Adelaide and the way Port Adelaide used to structure up in the forward line. They'd empty out uh, the forward line. They'd get rid of half the forwards and the on-ballers wouldn't go in there and it'd just be like two on two. And it'd be Stewie Jew and he'd be sneaking around the back and kicking amazing goals. So he, he's always had great talent and he's always knew I, – I didn't ever expect him to be an AFL coach, but, but I always knew that he had an amazing brain when it came to – working his way through, um, you know, playing the game and understanding the game. Was he always good on the tooth when he was living with you, Jeff Deloff? No, no, he was, he, was, he was under a tight hold when he lived with me because <laughs> um, it, the interesting story was uh, went overseas with his girlfriend at the time, who was an actress, and he quit at Port Adelaide when he obviously still had lots of football to give. Uh, so we went over there for a year and he just lived that American lifestyle, which 
like you order a sandwich and they give you a half a kilo of fries, you know. So um, so obviously put on a bit of weight, but uh, the fitness staff, Andrew Russell, who who's now at Carlton, he, I think he met with him and, and they said, listen, this is, if you can get to this by this period, we'll pick you up, which meant he had to really sort of train and really dedicate himself and show that the enthusiasm was there. And, and then obviously he did, they picked him up, which was all sort of under the radar, so sort of snuck along without anyone knowing. The media hated it because <laughs> they didn't get a, a whiff of anything. And then and then he lived with me for three months, whereas um, he, yeah, he had to just he'd go for walks every night. That was a part of his routine. And to his credit, he got himself into a space where he could play some good football and he became a match winner on grand final day. <laughs> now, it's time to finish the show with a bang. We're going to oh. back a winner or two. We're putting some focus on the same game multis over the next 20 days and fans of Croft, you're left, right and centre with these. I've got some advice for the same game multis. Yes, have you got some advice, please? Disposal's a big tick at the moment. A lot of players are getting high disposal number, but punters, steer away from the goal options because there haven't been a lot of goal kickers, multiple goal kickers, so that's the way I've been playing it. So look to the team that you like. are creeping up a bit at the moment, a bit of junk ball, and they're starting to get their style of fit. Normally when there's wet weather footy, there's... I don't know, for a reason there seems to be, you know, players bobbing up with a few more positions because those little junk kicks off the ground and the, the quick handballs. But um, what have we got? You lead the way. Open the batting. What's your best bet for the week, Nat? Can I just say, I just want to blow my own horn firstly. I got my multi last weekend. I got my Essendon multi last weekend. Well done. What, what did it consist of? I had uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody to kick two goals. Good. I had Essendon to win under 10 points oh. and a combined total of less than 122. Whoa, okay. Yes. Well, so, that's outstanding. Odds. And then I only put $10 on it. What so, odds? Um, I think we got it for about... I think it was only about $7 or Beautiful. something. Beautiful. Only $7. That takes me a month of multis. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So that was exciting. That was uh, yeah. my excitement for the week. Paid for my groceries. Uh, this week, I'm thinking uh, Brisbane at the line. I'm going against Essendon. Uh, Gold Coast head-to-head. And I think I'm going to throw West Coast in there at the line as well. And that comes in at $9.02. Bang. There you go. I like that. I, I love like it. it. There's and a I promo like that for you've next gone week. against your side, Essendon. So you could learn so a thing you could or two sort from of that. Win either way, you go. Oh, we didn't win, but I got my little multi up. I like it. That's a good play. I need to do that against the Hawks every week. Yes. So either way, I feel good at the end of the game, even though it's been hasn't been the case over the last few weeks. <laughs> I can assure you. Um, okay. Oh, well, a multi. Well, I think pressure's on now. You're nervous. I think all roads lead to St Kilda. Okay. I, I'm really keen on the Saints. They're up against the Swans. The Swans, for me, I, I think they've got a lot of players who have just been given great opportunity, but they're, they're still working their way through. They were awesome last week. It was good to see, um, you know, young kids come into the game and stand up. But I just think different opposition this week. The Saints are starting to go somewhere. They're starting to team really well with a lot of players coming from different clubs. So I'm confident the Saints can win and win by a margin. So I, I think a score can be kicked. Um 25-plus points, I think, could be the margin. It's hard enough picking a winner, but let alone a margin. <laughs> so I'm happy to back him in to win by a good score. They'll win the first quarter, and they'll win the second quarter. So that is my multi. So the Saints by over 25-plus points Yep. to win the first quarter and the second quarter. In the same game multi. I like it. I'm going to finish with the Saints in my multi as well. I'm taking St Kilda head-to-head. West Coast head-to-head, Collingwood head-to-head, and Brisbane head-to-head. That comes to $3.71. 
And my best outsider this week, the Adelaide Crows against Ooh, North Melbourne. I like it. I think the Crows will get the four points. They'll Ooh. topple the Kangas. I'm backing them head-to-head at $2.50 and taking a different bet with them at the line of 10.5 points. A good each-way bet there for the punters. Nat, you have absolutely starred on debut. We would love to have you back I'm on the podcast. I'm writing down her multi as we speak. <laughs> $7 last week. That's incredible. Be careful. She might be doing the previews for the Tab app. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Nat. Thank you for having me. And Crawford, you've been kicking goals left, right and centre. What about Sunday nights? You've been lighting up the silver screen with Ninja Warrior. Ninja Warrior started last week, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's on again this week. So people from all parts of Australia having a crack, and that's what we love. But uh, do you know what? I'd love to get – why don't we get you two having a crack to see who can go the furthest? So maybe we can put some odds up at the tab to see if Quiddy can go further – Although I won't be backing you, I'll be against you. I'd have you. Nat a dollar ten favourite and have well Nat backed. I'd have a dollar five. No, just enjoy the show and have fun. <laughs> Wonderful program. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> and punters, you've been listening to Tabs Inside Fifty. 